Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach and motivational speaker who has a passion for helping women who need a second win. She is the author of the Amazon bestseller, Effortless Happiness, How to Find Your Voice and Finally Ask for What You Really Want. She studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, and is a fully certified coach in his program. Also, she has served as an assistant in his training programs. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted thousands of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guests will help you to get your second wind. Now here's your host, Joyce Buford. Welcome. Good morning. It's great to visit with you today. And I'm always excited to know that you're out there listening to the program. You know, one of the things that we go through as we mature, let's say, is knowing what to do with our thoughts things, our stuff, once we begin the process of downsizing. Now, you understand I'm not ready to downsize, but I have thought about it, as many of my friends are doing that as well. But there is an issue that I find with this generation of my children is that many of their likes are not the same as ours. They don't always like what mom has, and so they may choose to not want any of what we have in our homes. That used to be a way of passing our things on to our family members, but I see with this generation, and it may be just what I'm experiencing in my day and time, it may have always been there, but um, I see much more of that happening in our present day for most of my friends. So our guest today is going to share the experience that she has developed over her life and in through her transitions that she's experienced. Downsizing really is a major change. It's one of those changes that you go through in your life that you just never uh, figured out or that it would ever come. And so anyway, isn't that silly? It's like we never age. (laughs) But our guest today is Sharon McReal, and she is owner and president of Betty Brigade, an expanding personal assistant and concierge company based in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The Betty Brigade helps busy professionals with moving, home staging, organizing, handyman services, and errands, virtually anything that needs to be done. (laughs) While growing the business, Sharon maintains a a focused company that is very focused on positive force in the community. I love that. I'm a big community supporter as well. And it has worked on joint projects with such organizations as Humane Society, Habitat for Humanity, and Salvation Army. Yay! A resident of Ann Arbor since 1991, Sharon graduated from the University of Michigan in 1994 and was once voted worst waitress in Ann Arbor. Sharon, I love that. I love that. I'm amazed at those people, those women, for sure. She lives with her husband, a professional photographer, and her cat, 
Miss Olive. So welcome, Sharon. I am waiting for all those answers you're going to provide us today. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm going to provide answers, but I am pleased to be here. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, you said that today we're going to talk about the Tsumi, the Sum, Sum, oh dear, can't say it, Tsunami, Tsunami. of downsizing. Um who to call and where does the stuff go? Tell us what was the transition that went on in your life as we all have the one that bell one that kind of changes our direction. So it, share with us what that was for you. Uh, well, I was working in corporate life and, uh, and I got, I got downsized me and about 70 people and <laughs> I needed to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And so Um, I, the, the, there's a long story, which I will tell over a glass of bourbon. And then there's the short story that I will tell on this podcast. (laughs) That's fair enough. (laughs) Um, The short story is that I needed to find something that I could make a little money on. And I thought, and I thought, I'm going to do this part time on the side. And while I look for another corporate job. Mm-hmm. Well, I found another corporate job that really didn't suit me, and I ended up um, sitting with a friend, and we kind of worked out a rough draft of what my business became. Um, the, and what that was, where we started, was organizing and errands and pet care and doing small things for people who were too busy to get them done themselves. Um, yes. Where we have evolved is we now do relocation and organizing, um, and we don't do as much. Uh, in fact, we don't do any pet care or errands. Um, we really just focus on helping people figure out where their stuff goes. Yeah. Well, do you primarily work only in the Michigan area, Ann Arbor area? Or do you, well, that, it looked from your that, website as though you expanded into other areas. Is that right? That is correct. We so we're fo- we we are based here in Michigan, but we mm. have started in uh, in 2019 expanding across the U.S. So we can do oh. consultations anywhere you anywhere you want with a phone. So you walk us yeah. through your house, and we can do a consultation with you live over over with a with a camera phone. Wow, that's really great. It, uh, we have a. Uh, Sort of a similar situation here, but it's not nearly as sophisticated as yours. It doesn't seem to be. So that's awesome that you can go all over. I was just visiting in Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, four day, last four days. And that's, that's an area that's constantly transitioning, uh, people buying second homes and, and, uh, need to sell their things. And have you ever worked there? That was what prime place. <laughs> so not not Santa Fe uh, per se, but we have done jobs in, um, of course, Michigan. Lots of them in uh-huh. Michigan, uh, but uh-huh. we've worked in Ohio, Illinois, New York, and Florida, and wow. um, and we're uh, we're bidding a job right now in California, and mm-hmm. um, and so as we expand, um, mm-hmm. we you know we get a bigger footprint, and oh, how that. Wow typically looks we just completed a job 
um, where the house was based here in Michigan, and there were nine beneficiaries that were all over the world, including three of them were in Israel. So, um, so the the trustee of the estate was very grateful to have somebody who knew what they were doing and how to distribute all the stuff all over the globe. Wow. Yes, that's major. That's major when you're dealing with other countries. And Oh, yeah. Um, how did you decide that you wanted to call it Betty Brigade? Why did you, well, where did that come from? It's, it's, it's a tongue twister, and lots of yes, people tangle it, it up. Uh, so Betty is slang for a woman, so you are Betty, too. Yeah. And, um, and we are a group of people, so mm-hmm. we are a brigade. Ah, okay. Yes, okay. I get it. It makes me uh, think of that um, Betty that did the um, – in the World War II that had the little handkerchief on her head and the hammer in her hand or worked on all the women that worked on, in the factory. Oh, yes, Rosie the Riveter. <laughs> Rosie the Riveter. Yep. Yes, it kind of makes me think of her. So, yep. so what? So you started with the idea. It has evolved, as you said, into much more, and but different, looks totally different. Um, so, what is some of the common what first off I'm curious as to how does the person decide that it is their time to start the process of downsizing? Well, that's an interesting question because it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's the adult children that are pushing mom and dad, you know, you really yes. need to start thinking about this. And usually that has to do with, um, it usually has to do with uh, the kids are seeing either a decline in health or they're mm-hmm. seeing a decline in maintenance around the house. Like maybe the house is starting to uh, oh. look a little shabby around the corners. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we often see that. Or maybe there's a health issue going on. Um, may, maybe, uh like uh, there's some memory loss or um, maybe someone had something happen like a stroke or a heart attack where they can no longer take care of their home. And so, uh, and so there's some decisions made about, okay, it's time. But I will tell you, because um, your question was, how do you decide? Well, it might mm-hmm. be health-related. Um, it might be your kids putting some pressure on you or yes. – um, and the other, the other one is if you're thinking about it, it's probably time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, a lot of my peers are, but I'm not as much as they are um, until, I will agree, I had a health issue come up about a year ago. And I will say that my mindset has shifted a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, no, uh, no because I'm too busy doing what I'm doing right now. And so it wasn't of importance to me. But I do see that once you're confronted with health issues, it can be become for, in your forefront of thought. So uh, one of the things we one, one of the things we see a lot is that the health issues come up and then the decision is made for you. You're no longer part of the decision-making process. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things we'd like our clients to try and avoid is yeah. like 
you know, make the decision for yourself. Choose this for yourself, and mm-hmm. then you are empowered to do it. Yes, yes. I can see lots of resistance in somebody else making that decision because it's a it's a major transition when somebody reorganizes their living situation because they have to get rid of so many precious things. It is, and I'm I'm so glad that you brought up at the beginning um that there that there is a lot of stuff and that um many younger people are not interested in the stuff because that's a culture shift. Yes. And and so one of the things that has happened is that uh, people that are, are in the baby boomer generation grew up mm-hmm. with having fine china and having fine mm-hmm. linen and having big dinner parties, and that was just part of the culture. Yes. Not, now, for millennials, part of the culture is traveling. Part of the culture is having experiences and not having stuff. They are yes. not, all of, not all of them are like this, but, but for, as a group – to generalize, mm-hmm. they are mm-hmm. they are minimalists. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, my daughter no, doesn't not, cook. I used to cook. Right. I mean, I did. Right. I used to cook. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. And yeah, the dish thing is like she doesn't need my dishes. She doesn't, well, you and, know. And that good china often has silver or gold around the rim, so you can't put yes. it in the dishwasher or the microwave. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's so true. And it it isn't just this it is a new phenomenon that I can remember I was thrilled to get something from my mother, but it it's no longer that way. Well, it depend it depends on what the item is. Well, money so. maybe. <laughs> you know, <laughs> always open for money. <laughs> But yeah, the family Bible maybe in our in our part of the country uh, mm-hmm. could be. I mean, it's not it's certainly not international. It would be be with whatever your um whatever your situation is with a higher power. But so my question is, it, when you have a household that you're going through to make major decisions like that. Mm-hmm. How do you organize that? Well, everybody does it a little different, but I will tell you that most people start with their stuff. Like, well, I'm going to keep my couch and I'm going to keep my bed and I'm going to keep um, my dishes and I'm going to keep this and that and this and that. Mm-hmm. That's usually not where we start. We usually start with where are you moving to? Um, because yeah. when when you know the new space, the the square, the literal square footage of the space you're moving to, um, mm-hmm. then you know approximately how much to take. Yeah. And one of and one of the things that we see often is that our clients tend to take too much stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. They tend to, not always, mm-hmm. but but as as a generalization. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're living in a 4,000-square-foot house, 5,000-square-foot house, and you're going to 1800, it's so difficult to make that decision. It, it, you have no idea. 1800 is generous. 1800 <laughs> is generous because oh, okay. um, many of the senior communities have apartments that are about 1,000 or less. Yes, that's true. 
Yeah, it is. Um, in helping my mother downsize, I think we downsized several times because, like you said, too much was taken, not enough room, not enough space, and then it got to be just it, it was so frustrating because she couldn't walk, you know. So that's, and I didn't have a professional, I just did it. So there's so much benefit in having someone who understands and is professional to do that process um, with you. Um, so you start with the furniture, but where does the, how do you disperse of the art and things like that that some people will have in their household? Sure, and and I actually don't start with the furniture. Oh, you don't? Start with, no, yeah. we start with oh, the no, new the, location, the square footage, yes, and yeah. then we look at who's helping. So mm-hmm. knowing who's coming to help or do you need professionals yes. and your timeline. So that's yeah. where you start. So first is the location. Then mm-hmm. your timeline, do you have to move in 30 days? Do you have to move in a week? Do you have six months? Do you have a year? Mm-hmm. What do you have? What are we looking at here? Because mm-hmm. that timeline drives a lot. Yes. And then, and then who's helping? And then we look at the stuff. Uh, so, so the yes. stuff is typically the, the, the fourth thing on the list when we're prioritizing it. It's, a, it's just a different way to look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, um, so how do you disperse it? Well, mm-hmm. once, the fam- once, once you have decided, okay, I'm moving into this size space mm-hmm. and I need this much stuff, I need a television, I need a couch, I need, a, I, you know, I need this chair, I need um, my dishes, I need some clothing, those are, the, those are the important things, right? That's what you need to live. Mm-hmm. And then you look at what are the things that would just be nice, but they're not necessary. What are the things that um, are important to you that if they got lost or stolen or broken, that you would be heartbroken? Mm-hmm. Like, like photographs or memories that you can't replace. Now, here's, here's another culture shift that... It, with baby boomers, all of the photographs are paper. Yes. With millennials, all the photographs are in the cloud. Oh, that so is they, interesting. So they yeah. never, they will never say, "Oh, I need to rescue my photo albums." <laughs> yes. They they just won't. Mm-hmm. They'll grab yeah. their computer and they'll walk out the door and they'll say, "Okay, I'm good." Mm-hmm. And and maybe a pet. <laughs> yes. You know, if they've got if they've got a pet, but there mm-hmm. but but stuff become be, goes lower on the priority list. It's more about people and experiences. So mm-hmm. think about it from that perspective. Um, that when you're when you're approaching your stuff, what would you save in a flood or a fire? What would you? What are the things that are most important to you? And if you tell me that they are your photo albums that have been in the attic for 20 years, I will tell you that you're lying because they've been in the <laughs> attic for 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the millennials would reach for their computer or their phone. Yep. Is that what you're telling me? That That is correct. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yeah. And, and and then they would they would get the heck out of Dodge. Mm-hmm. 
baby boomers would be scrambling around the house. Oh, I need to get the good china. I need to get, you know, grandma's pictures. I need to get um, that quilt that, you know, someone made me. Mm-hmm. And mm. so it's just a, it's a different mindset. And those, and those, those, that's kind of how we're, we're working through your stuff with you. Now, once the family has decided what they're keeping, what you've, you've decided what you're keeping, and then the family comes in and says, okay, here's what's left, and the family kind of comes through and picks the rest, then mm-hmm. we look at, is there enough here to have an estate sale? If there is, then we bring in an estate seller mm-hmm. um, or an auctioneer. Or sometimes if there's not enough to have an estate sale, we bring in consignment dealers and they cherry pick the best stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it it really kind of depends on the situation. And so every everybody's house um, can be different. A hoarder house is way different than a minimalist house. Um, yeah. Fifty years of fifty years of stuff is way different than twenty years of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you see certain areas, um, as you say, as you get bigger in your business, are you seeing a difference in um, how they process keeping information or downsizing or are working with those people? Are you seeing who, who, their difference is, there, or are they all the same they, question? Who is they? I'm not that, quite sure. Okay, so that would be like in Florida versus in the Midwest. They would look at their transition differently, in my mind. I could be all wrong. But wouldn't they look at it differently? Um, I think it I think it depends on the client. You can have a minimalist living next to a hoarder, a hoarder and it doesn't matter what state they live in. Yes, that's true. So... Um, so, but but I will tell you that people in Florida tend to not have big, heavy brown furniture. People in the Midwest <laughs> have lots of big, heavy brown furniture. And oh, so, I so agree. Yeah. So, so yeah. those like those are some difference that, differences that I see. Um, mm-hmm. um, often people uh, bec- just because there tends to be an older population living in Florida, um, mm-hmm. that people do ha- tend to hang on to to less stuff because they realize that they're in the, the last third of their life. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but, but that happens everywhere. That, that can be yeah. anywhere in the world. Yes, I can realize in, in this part of Texas where I am, we, you know, we, my generation has uh, supplied their house with antiques and things like that. So you're talking about heavy, uh, dark, some dark furniture. And I have many friends or several friends, not many, um, that are in the resale business, antique business. And they're so frustrated because the new generation wants painted white furniture. Mm-hmm. And it it's a shift. And I so have heard her speak of this so many times. You know, it it, it is a, a very viable reason uh, transition that we're going through mm-hmm. that just didn't Absolutely. seem to be present in prior generations. So that leads us with a whole new thought about how we're downsizing how and what stays and what goes. So we, you talked a little bit about the um, common issues that prevents people from getting organized. And 
I would think that sometimes because organization, overstuffing, uh, not being organized uh, is, an, is a problem that happens a lot. I don't mm-hmm. tend to be as organized as some people. So when you work with um, some families, there's almost that pre-work that needs to be done to kind of organize the things that are in the, in the home. Is that that an issue? I wouldn't call it necessarily pre-work. It's more that the family needs to kind of look at what's important to them. Uh, So so once the family has done that, and and you're right, some uh, some people are more organized than others. And and I'm going to tell you that even super organized people hire us because it's still overwhelming to move. It's still overwhelming oh. to organize a house or to, or to say, okay, well, I have, I have a, a vacation home and I have my, my main home and mm-hmm. now I'm, I don't need two homes. I'm going to let oh, one of them definitely. go. And yeah. so, but maybe some of those things in the vacation home need to come to the regular home or maybe some of the things in the regular home need to be sold in order to bring in the newer furniture that's in the vacation home or vice versa. Yeah. So, yeah. So those are the kinds of things that are just logistical. And sometimes family members are very willing to help with that, and sometimes family members are unable to help with that. Or what we see a lot of is that sometimes people don't, um, they don't have children or they don't have nieces and nephews. Yes, and, right. And so there isn't, they might, the only help they have are their friends who are their same age. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> so, we're, yes. so we're seeing a generation of of people that are are willing to help make decisions, but they're not. They can't physically lift things. They can't carry yeah. things. They're not. They're you know. Yes. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to stop us here. I'm sorry that question was bigger than I thought. So we are going to take. <laughs> a, sometimes that happens a lot with me. So we're going to take a short break, and we will be back. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Tokinet Radio has partnered with one of the largest travel booking engines in the world to offer savings of 15 to 30 percent or more on hotel booking fees through our own web portal, www.bestradiotravel.com. Discover the discount you can receive by going to bestradiotravel.com forward slash Joyce, J-O-Y-C-E, to see for yourself. This is a custom booking site 
for the listeners of my show through TogiNet Radio. We have negotiated special rates at over 650,000 hotels worldwide to save our customers money. Our members leverage our massive buying power to save thousands of dollars by booking with us. BestRadioTravel.com can beat the best prices offered by any other major travel booking website. Please go to BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Joyce, sign up, and enjoy the discounts. This is BestRadioTravel.com forward slash Joyce, J-O-I-C-E. Welcome back to this segment of Second Win. Joyce Buford, the author of Effortless Happiness, continues in this segment to share insights that will help you live a life of greater purpose and filled with happiness. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are talking with Sharon McReel today, and we are talking about so many things uh, concerned with downsizing, moving after illness, or just the aging process says it's time. That message may come through our our family doctor or our children, or it could just come through an inner knowing on our part that needs to be accomplished. We need to make that that decision. One of the things, um, Sharon, that I have um, experienced through just selling other things, I know this happens a lot when families decide about downsizing, and that's getting over or handling the um, the devaluation of a prized item. Let's let's just take a painting for for instance. Let's say somebody paid X amount for it, but when they try to sell it or reevaluate it or downsize it to go wherever it's going, um, the value seems to have uh, really decreased on the item. It's hard to understand that. Can you enlighten us on? What I'm happens? so glad you brought this up because it comes up in almost every single home that we work in, almost okay. every single one. And yeah. this is a huge topic. And one one of the things that we really want you, I really want you to think about, is that you did you buy that thing as an investment? Mm, so, yes. um, if you bought it as an investment, and let's say let's say it's a piece of art, that's a great example. And mm-hmm. um, maybe you bought it in a local art fair. Yes. And um, and and that's that's another thing that we see a lot is you may have paid, say, $500 for this piece of art, and when the art appraiser comes in, they say, I'll give you $300 for this. Yes. And you go, but wait, I paid $500. Mm -hmm. Well, so let's think about it from this perspective. The person coming in to buy the art from you is buying it at wholesale because Mm -hmm. they are going to turn it around and make a profit on it. Yes. And they probably won't make five, they probably will not make $500 on it. They might make 400 if, if they're lucky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might sit in their store for six months, taking mm-hmm. up space in their inventory. Mm-hmm. So 
so again, there's an investment of of it's taking up space. It's not turning a profit for them. Now, I don't mean to make this all about money. I also want to make this about you bought that that painting because you like it, because you enjoyed it. And now you're going to sell it because it doesn't fit in your new life. So you enjoyed it, and you get a return on your investment. You got to enjoy it for, say, 25 years. Mm -hmm. And just because it doesn't sell for $500 doesn't mean that it's worth less money. It just means that that's what it's selling for in the marketplace today. That's an excellent explanation. Really good. I like that. That's easy to understand. Because one might think if I'd paid $500 for it, then I've overspent. I spent too much for it. That got, Somebody took me, took advantage of me. But mm-hmm. the way you say it, it's not. And so that's Mm-mm. really a good explanation. Yeah. Yes, you used it, like you enjoyed that. it, and now you're selling an item that you can no longer use, and that item is going to pay for your next phase of life. Help pay for yes. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I appreciate that answer. Um, when you go through the frustrations of family issues, sometimes they... Uh, there's so much, um, particularly around, I think, priced items that everybody in the family thought they were going to get or um, uh, money itself, which mm-hmm. I don't think you would directly deal with that in your work, but you may. Um, how do you handle that? I mean, on your part, it could be very stressful, as it is already on theirs. Um, well, one of the ways that can be entirely avoided mm-hmm. is if people have a trust. Um. Not a will, but a trust. And here's, and, and, and it's kind of funny, my dad didn't want to, um, he said, oh, you and your brother will just divide things up when I, when I go. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, but dad, <laughs> we will end up in probate court. So, <laughs> and, 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 and so you laugh, but that's a real thing. Yeah, and, I know. And so, um, and many people, when they are grieving, are forced to go to probate court and to and to give a portion of the proceeds of their family's estate um, to mm-hmm. the court just for court costs. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let me give you a very famous example: um, Aretha okay. Franklin. Who is mm-hmm. from Detroit? I'm, you know, we we hear about that a lot right now. But this was in national news. Mm-hmm. She she famously had no will and no trust, <gasps> and her yes, no. and her attorney tried for years to get her to sign documentation saying you you know you really need to do this, and she said no. So what's going mm-hmm. on now is her family is in probate court, and. Not only are they grieving the loss of this amazing human, but they're yeah. also having to figure out all her financials. And that's it's a big mess. Now, $11 million of her estate is going to probate. Eleven. Uh, million. So imagine, mm. this is, and, and I like to use this example because it, it really drives home a point. Imagine the good that $11 million would have done in the world if she had had a trust, yes. if her family didn't have to do this. 
And yeah. so what happens when there is prized possessions and there's a trust? Mm-hmm. Well, it may already be outlined. So-and-so gets this. So-and-so mm-hmm. gets this. And there's no disputing a trust. Ah. So okay. that's the benefit of a trust. A will can be disputed. Now, oh, I'm okay. Not a, I, I'm not an attorney, and I just want to make sure that I make that disclaimer um, mm-hmm. because there are trusts that have, that have been disputed, and it's not out of the question, but for the most part, they are not disputed. Um, so, um, so when there are things that more than one person wants, like it might say right in the trust, if more than one person wants this item, they can buy it from the trust at fair market value. And I've seen uh, that happen in our in our uh, where we have to come in and provide appraisals on all of the items that have um, like it, they're more than common items. You know, they're not just mm-hmm. like the everyday dishes and the couch mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. It's it's more expensive things. Um, and so when more than one person wants it, maybe somebody says, you know what, I'm not willing to spend money on buying this from from the estate. Mm-hmm. And the other person says, well, I am. I really want it. And mm-hmm. then it's settled. Or there can be a trustee um, or a trust officer. A trust officer is usually a, an attorney at a bank that manages that for the family. So that helps alleviate a lot of that like back and forth because there is a neutral party that is handling the disbursement of the assets. Mm, I see. Yeah. Yes. I I totally did not understand the difference in a will and a trust. So that's a great explanation. Um gives me a little more insight as to what how the two different documents work. Um, right. And then often often the um so if somebody says, Well and and this happened in a in a recent one we did where there was a um a Chagall painting. Um mm-hmm. Mark Chagall, famous painter. Um, yes. So there was there was a Chagall, and um, and two of the beneficiaries said that they wanted it. Well, that mm. had to be appraised, and um, and once it was appraised, one of the people backed down and said, "No, I'm not willing to pay." You know, I, I think it was like nine thousand or ten thousand dollars for this Chagall, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's not a lot of money for a Chagall. No, you're not making any more, no. right? Yes, I was thinking, boy, she's going to get in the million. But, oh, yeah. Well, it sometimes is a deterrent. I mean, it's more of an emotional I want instead of, well, are you willing to step up and actually um, pay for what you want? That's a, yeah, yeah. And sometimes that money comes out of the disbursement of the, so maybe there is a lot of money. And so that, that, you know, maybe there, there is money plus items. And so... Um, so say you wanted a $500 painting, well, that $500 painting comes out of the money that you would have yeah. been dispersed at the end. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after all of this is done, I mean, uh, you've worked with the family, you've gone through some frustrating times and it's challenging times or, um, or maybe it's just smooth as can be. <laughs> no mm-hmm. questions, no difficulties. We like the smooth what? ones. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know if there are many of those. But is what's the most rewarding um, thing about your job? 
What do you like most about what you're doing? The most rewarding thing is that our clients often call us angels. Oh, often, I like they that. They often say, I couldn't have done this without you. Mm-hmm. You, you really, your team is amazing. We get notes like that every single week, and we often get a hug and a check, and that's really rewarding. Wow. Yeah, that is. So now, how large is your team? Because as you grow, of course, you're. I would think you're growing in staff as well. We are. Do you have a? Do you maintain a pretty large staff? Um, actually, our team is very. Um, we're we are not huge. We're fifteen people, mm. but we are. Um, we have longevity in terms of there's a lot of people with a lot of knowledge on the team and they've been with us for a long time. And mm-hmm. so um, how it works is that we have team leaders and our team leaders run the projects. So team leaders can go anywhere in the U.S. and then we, we, um, we have a team leader go and run a project in another city and we use local resources um, yeah. to, to help make the rest of the project go smoothly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do proposals for people to make their decision whether to work with you or not? Is that how you choose oh, yeah. your clients? Um, well, our, yes, and we do choose our clients as much as they choose us. So mm-hmm. you talked about difficult situations. Um, nobody wants to work with somebody who is angry and is going to be hard to work with. Nobody. Oh, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't matter that it's a huge paycheck. Um, mm-hmm. Our our team leaders don't want that, and we want. We really want clients that appreciate appreciate us, and yes. uh, and so we seek that out, and we never um, we never advertise. So we do prepare we do prepare a proposal every single time. Um, mm-hmm. We do a consultation, and then we prepare a written proposal. And uh, when we have those clients that we kind of get some red flags on, um, we're able to say right up front. Here are here is how Betty Brigade works, and here is what we expect from you. So it's about setting some boundaries and some ground rules about yeah. um, we really would love to work with you, and we can do your project, but we need you not to be cranky the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that this will be hard. We know it. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you, you brought up a very important word earlier, Usually people are in grief, and so that adds another dimension to the stress that can, because they're not always thinking very clearly. They're thinking nope. more with their heart than their mind. And and it can, I can see where, you know, you'd be working with a, a stressful situation. Yes, so, death, divorce, it, and moving are the three most stressful things, and we are often working with two of them. So, mm. so moving, moving and death are a big part of the business, and mm-hmm. um, and so we know that we're working with stressed out people, and mm. that doesn't that doesn't preclude people from still being polite and being helpful even when they're in grief. We we recognize they're in grief, and we can work around that. Yeah, I never even thought about the divorce situations. 
Because mm-hmm. yes, that's a whole with, nother yep, type we work in those, of... Yes, we work in those situations, too. <laughs> oh, my, Sharon. Those could be, yes, testy. <laughs> <laughs> we, try, we try and keep the, the, the spouses in, in different, you know, like we try and not have them together if, if that's possible. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. I Now, how could you put... All of your knowledge, and so much of this is, uh, um, it's working with the people. How could you put that in a book? Because I know you have a book, and I think it would be a wonderful tool for anybody thinking they're going through the process of downsizing or <laughs> divorce or <laughs> whatever. Uh, but how how does your book work? How can somebody buy it and use it? Because I, th- I saw you, it was on your website. And um, I'd just talk a few minutes about your book. Okay. Well, um, the book really is a reference tool for folks okay. who, um, who haven't moved in many, many years or even their adult children who are uh, helping take on that task. We really mm-hmm. just wanted to give people an easy reference tool. It's not a big, dense book. We put it in 14-point font for older eyeballs. And, <laughs> um, and, and it's, got, it's, it's got a lot of very specific things about how do you work with an estate seller or an auctioneer. What's it like to choose um, you know why? Why your realtor is going to be your new best friend, and like knowing about like all of the pieces, um, the components that it takes to move. Sometimes people look at that and they go, "Wow, I didn't realize it was so logistical," and it mm-hmm. is. This is this is like a you know it's like a big puzzle, and we are really good at the puzzle. Because mm-hmm. we put the puzzle together over and over again. Most people only put the puzzle together once every 30 years, but we do it yeah. every day. Yes. I could see a great benefit in working with um, your company and just helping it make the move, whatever the cause, make mm-hmm. the move. Yeah. But, but you- the, book is really, the book is really like um, it's, um, it's the questions that we got asked over and over again for the last mm-hmm. 16 years. Mm-hmm. So you all can go, just to share her information with you, you can go to her website, um, uh, Betty Brigade, B-R-I-G-A-D-E, dot com, and you can, the, you can see the book there. You can also see Sharon's picture. It's a very good picture, Sharon. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so you could see her book. It will take you to Amazon, and you can buy the book there or uh, – uh, read it from your book, from your reader. But it's a great book to have if you are knowing you're going to be facing some of these decisions. It's a good way to start into it, get your dip your toe into the water. As kind of a support to some of those people, I want to step back a little bit from your business itself and kind of Give us some ideas of how you went about deciding that you were going to do this business. What would be your hints there for a woman who is making that transition? She's kind of trying to decide how she can best use her talents and her that she may have to create a business. Absolutely. And that was, that was exactly what I did. I, um, I was feeling sad laying on the couch watching Oprah when Oprah was still on every day. And, uh, and 
she was having one of those Live Your Best Life shows, and it was a bunch of people who had started their own businesses. And I mm-hmm. never wanted to because my um, my parents and grandparents had both started their own businesses, and I never wanted to work that hard. I saw how hard they worked. But here I am 16 years later, and I am still, I, like, I really love running my business. So, mm-hmm. um, So what I did during that, you know, when I was feeling sorry for myself, eating bonbons mm-hmm. or whatever I was doing, <laughs> uh, was I made a list of what I was good at, like what yes. the, the things that I was at, and a separate list of the things that I knew how to do, because those are two different lists. Yes. Because mm-hmm. you, might, you might be really good at spreadsheets, but you hate doing them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so a list of what you're good at and a thing, a list of what you are, what you know how to do, and then look at where those two things intersect. What are the things that are common on both lists? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's great. And, and that's where, that's kind of why I started my business. I was good at logistics. I was good at multitasking. I was good at being organized. And so those were the things that fit with my business model. Mm-hmm. And when, and when I started this, this, this industry was not even a thing. There wasn't people doing what I do. That's true. That's true. 17, 15 years ago? Yeah. yeah. I can't remember anybody back then. I did meet somebody in my journey who um, did s- smaller organizing. You have exploded this organizing thing <laughs> that you're doing it from distance. And I yes. can just sit, I mean, that's wonderful. To, right. And, and your company. And go ahead. Go ahead. Well, your company's just going to keep growing because there are no no borders there, you know, the, with the way you're going. Well, and that's that's really the point is that there shouldn't be a boundary on this. Um, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of just like one person organizing companies that might want to grow, that might mm-hmm. want to expand their reach, and that's where they can hook into our system and become a local affiliate of Betty Brigade. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. I like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, So where do you say, I I always work with my clients and I, I say, yes, they have to find what their core values are, but then they also have to use their talents. But where did I, what they're skilled in, where does that intersect? I mean, how would you choose? I'm trying. You said you intersected it, and I'm like, okay, what if I really didn't like doing the statistical work? Where do you go, okay, in that area, I'm going to pull in somebody that covers that area for me? In other words, right. am I explaining that? I had the big oh, picture. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, I, but I, I know understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. It, and in the beginning, when you're first starting a business, usually you don't have an enormous amount of cash flow. Um, yeah, right. And so I gave myself one year, not to be profitable, but one year to see if I could break even. Mm-hmm. So the first year was just about, is this even viable? 
And at the 11-month mark, I hired my first employee because I had so much business, I couldn't handle it all myself. Mm-hmm. And so, so that, was, that was one hurdle. Um, mm-hmm. The next hurdle was, um, and, and when you're a small business owner, you do wear a lot of hats. That's just part of it. Um, yes. And one of the first things, I am, I am terrible, terrible at administrative tasks. I, I like I double book myself. I um, I do all kinds of stupid stuff with my schedule, and so mm-hmm. my I I now have two administrative assistants, and I just tell them I just send them an email. I need an appointment at this time on this date because when I put it on the schedule, I screw it up, and it's mm-hmm. not that I can't do it; it's that I mess it up. And and yes. Um, and so I'm not great at that. I hire people that are great at that. But in the beginning, I had to do it myself. Yes. And, I, and the first employee I chose was an administrative assistant. It might be <laughs> different for another person. Maybe the first employee you hire is an accountant or, yes. or somebody to handle your books. Um, so everybody is different, and you want to hire the skills that you aren't great at because mm-hmm. there are going to be people that are going to be great at them. Yes. Yes. Much. Now there's a new term these days and I'm going to ask you this. Was she a local um, administrative assistant or was she virtual? You know what well, that she is. Was, she was local and yeah. I have also used VAs. So, uh-huh. um, and I used VAs when I was writing my book. I used a virtual mm-hmm. editor. Um, mm-hmm. I used uh, some a virtual graphic designer. Even though I have a graphic designer for my website, I used a virtual graphic designer that was, um, I think, in Romania uh, to do my uh, book cover. Mm. Um, yes. So um, for and now, um, like my uh, my bookkeeper. I've never met her. She's been my bookkeeper for five years, and mm-hmm. she lives in another city here in Michigan, but um, I've been paying her for five years, and I've never met her face-to-face. So <laughs> there, there are um, ways to work now in the world with technology mm-hmm. that you don't yeah. necessarily need to be face-to-face with that person, and there are other situations where it's imperative. Yeah. Well, Sharon, I've looked at the clock and I'm all of a sudden going, oh, my goodness, we have to say goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not ready. But it has been such a pleasure having you on the show today and sharing all of your knowledge and your great advice for my audience. So I thank you with the bottom of my heart for your generous um, conversations. It's just been wonderful. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes, well, uh, they're all you may hear from all of us. So just say I'm. I listen to the podcast, and I'm calling you, Sharon. <laughs> so I'm hoping that those listeners out there would take advantage of your of your knowledge and your wisdom, because uh, those are difficult times that, we, and we all go through them. Nobody's separate from them. So thank you again. I look forward to um, sharing with my visitors next week. Another wonderful, knowledgeable person. The same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving the support they need through their transitions. 
and are able to reclaim their true purpose with confidence. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at JoyceBufordEmpowers.com.